You're tuned in to the Genius Health Minute, your shot of health and genomics news and information with Angel Nicole and Yusuf Enriquez. We hear a lot of people throwing out the phrase health equity, but do any of us understand what it really is? Today, we have the pleasure of learning from EY Chief Medical Officer and Center for Health Equity Director, Dr. Yele Aluko. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So, Dr. Aluko, people are like telling us health equity, health equity. We want it. We need it. But what is it? And is it something that we can actually measure? Excellent question. First of all, it's important to know that health equity does not exist. It's an aspirational context. It is the true north of excellence in healthcare. When people have the ability to achieve their maximum health potential. You ask if we measure it. One metric of measurement would be how long does a person live mm. in the United States. Another metric would be how many babies die in the first month of birth? What is infant mortality rate? And how do those metrics compare to other populations? So, for example, the life expectancy for Caucasians in America is 77 years of age as of 2020. That's white men and women. The life expectancy for black men and black women is about 72 years of age, five years lagging behind the Caucasian metric. If we say that equity, achieving maximum life potential in life expectancy is 77 in the white community, then blacks don't achieve it. Now, I will tell you that that 77 metric for the white community is not the best outcome because we have better outcomes in places like Japan, an age of 85 years of age. Mm-hmm. So if there's the ability for a human being to achieve 85 years of age, that's the best performance in the world, that should be the benchmark for life expectancy equity. So therefore... In America, nobody's achieving health equity mm. based on a life expectancy metric. Yusuf, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think you know, the, the doc has touched on a couple of points that you know really resonated with why indigenous AI was even created. It was through pandemic COVID, where a large institution like MIT wanted to do hacking medicine, which are prevalent uh, and, and famous for doing, wanted to tackle racism in healthcare. So um, early May 2020, while we were trying to figure out how we were going to address all these health disparities that were driving the mortality rate, we started seeing, you know, large institutions try to figure out, you know, what what the reasons were. And it all came back, like you said, a 25-year-old problem just with a different name, which is health equity and how do we give access to those uh, underserved populations in the community. So how do we go from the same problem that we've had for several decades to driving precision medicine? Because I feel like that's another buzzword that we're hearing, like the precision medicine where we're, you know, making sure that it's inclusive of all. Good question. So precision medicine has a lot to offer by way of risk identification, proactively identifying, is there some genetic predisposition to common diseases or rare diseases. 
there's been a myth that black people are more predisposed to hypertension or diabetes because of the genetic makeup mm. of the, DNA, the black DNA package. It is not true. A lot of the impact of disease is less genetic and more environmental. But that doesn't mean we should ignore the genetic component. Is there a cultural awareness, a cultural empathy that is required enough for black and brown people to feel confident that they'll be treated appropriately to trust? There's a long history of... Lack of trust. Correct. Driven by a, a painful legacy of medical experimentation mm -hmm. on black and brown people. Now, it's not to say that that continues to happen in the manifestations that it did in the past. Everybody's heard about Tuskegee. Mm -hmm. Every, most people have heard about Henrietta Lacks. Mm -hmm. Now, those examples are not unique to just those occurrences. That essentially was the practice of the day. And because it happened, there are existing consequences that we should be aware of to gain trust. Right. Well, we're definitely going to have you back and we're not letting you go. We're connected for life. So don't try to run away from me and not answer me when I reach out to you on LinkedIn. <laughs> we are running lock, step and barrel in the same direction. <laughs> we're in this together. I love it. I love it. All right, y'all. That is your dose of genomics, health and information for the week. We look forward to educating you, exposing you and engaging you in these genomic conversations here each and every week. If you can't wait until then, download the Alive Podcast Network in your preferred app store. To learn more about genomics and precision medicine, visit indigenous.ai.